welcome to Amazing Minds Lab podcast. I am your host, Kali Alfaro, psychologist, author, and hypnotherapist. This is a podcast where we are going to look at creating the most amazing mindset for your wellness and success. We are going to look at understanding your mind, releasing negativity, fears, limitations, and allowing you to shine. I'm going to mix psychology with neuroscience, a little bit of spirituality, and a touch of cheeky to allow you to feel amazing. So buckle up and listen up. I am so happy that you are here. Welcome back to another episode of Amazing Minds Lab podcast. And once again, I'm joined by the amazing Dr. Scott. How are you, Scotty? I am well. I am well. The sun is shining. Birds are chirping. We're talking about... We've just had some really deep conversations. So really hard, we should be we? really... Uh, we're primed and ready to go. Mm. I'm just not really sure what you're going to spring on me. So <laughs> it's going to be high value, high impact. And obviously, it's towards the end of the year. So I know... A lot of us are running on fumes a little bit, but um, we've still got some good stuff to talk about. So, so for our listeners out there, like obviously we are well and truly into December and a lot of people are struggling this time of year and a lot of people are exhausted and there's also lots of you know craziness going on um, around the world on all fronts, you know, environmentally, politically. And, um, you know, we're getting to see all of that in our practice. You see it physically manifesting. I see it psychologically. And we were just talking about how, once again, our story, our narrative, what we tell ourselves and the reasons why we tell ourselves that we're going to do something is so incredibly important because if you don't start to dig deep, you can believe, you know, a story you're telling yourself that might not entirely be true. Yeah, and I think you used the term, and we we got onto through a very convoluted conversation, which was really interesting, but you got onto, eventually we got to the terms of authenticity and integrity. Mm. And I think the story that we tell ourselves has to be authentic to us. It can't There are times where someone else's story, you can relate to it and you can see yourself in it. And that's the power of story. Don't get me wrong. Positive and negative. But I think is we've got too many situations of people jumping on the bandwagon of a certain story, in most cases a negative narrative, and almost taking ownership of it and then suffering the consequences. And they almost feel like that's a badge of honour, which... I find so very, very, very confusing because I just don't have the bandwidth for that sort of stuff. So what for our listeners to get a little bit more clarity, like we were talking a little bit about how some people have the need to really struggle and suffer in order to feel either a sense of solidarity with with a particular cause or, or situation in the world or even... Um, tell themselves a story that has been handed down through their families or through um, culture that isn't entirely correct. And so what happens is when you tell yourself a story on repeat with without real introspection, without that ability to evaluate and assess really what is the intention, what's actually true about this, 
you end up believing it and it causes, it wreaks havoc. So I have um, people that I work with on a regular basis that tell themselves a story about something that hasn't happened, right? And, you know, anxiety is this this fear of the unknown that's going to unfold or you have these narratives or imaginations that bad things are going to happen. You're always on edge. And so very rarely do people stop and actually evaluate what's actually true about this. What evidence do I have? And look back historically and go, actually, in the past, this has never happened. Why am I worrying about it? Or we have people telling themselves a story, for example, that being on your own equals being lonely or being isolated when sometimes it's a really valuable time to connect to yourself or to go into a creative space. So it's about your ability to really dig in and investigate what is it that's actually driving this story, what's true about it, and how can I modify it if it's actually not serving me any good? So in a case like that, <clears throat> what would you recommend? What would be some easy implementable steps that someone could utilize to achieve exactly what you just said? Is it as simple as asking some very basic questions? Is it more something that's introspective? Is it something that's more driven by external sources? What would you be recommending in that case? My brain goes, I'm a very question driven person. I, I love asking questions. And I'm not always necessarily looking for an answer, but I'm looking for a, a greater understanding, I guess. And a greater understanding, but also just diving into a rabbit hole and kind of seeing where it goes. Yeah. So diving into a rabbit hole for people that are emotionally unstable or have a lot of trauma or a lot of pain is not always the healthiest or most recommended practice to engage in. So let's just be clear on that. However, it is really important to be self-aware. So this is, you know, I talk about this in almost every single episode, to be self-aware. Be aware of the story that you're telling yourself. Then to ask, what is the intention behind this? So what is the intention behind what I'm trying to do? And really begin to dig deep. And whatever answer you get, what's the intention of that? And what's the purpose of that? And what am I going to get out of that? And really, it takes, you know, peeling away quite a few layers to begin to actually get to the truth because we're very good at creating excuses or convincing ourselves that something is absolutely necessary or that we can't move out of this headspace or whatever it is. We're very good at that. So sometimes, and that's where therapy sometimes can be very effective. If you have someone that challenges you on your viewpoint and you can begin to dig deeper and why is that and what are you connecting to with that story and why is that important and, you know, that can help you get to a very valuable understanding of your authentic truth. And I think that, I, I think that analogy is great because as you were saying that I'm thinking about is you're peeling back layers but we're very good at creating excuses or attaching ourselves to certain justifications, which means coming back to things we've talked about, I think, many moons ago is in many cases, the story that we're telling ourselves is stimulating an emotional reaction. 
So we've got to peel back layers of emotional attachment to various stories and understand that there's, you know, there could be a story that you associate with X, but there's actually another story underneath that which you don't necessarily associate with it. Or you might not be aware of. Perfectly said, which is actually a the fundamental or foundational driving force behind it. And what a lot of people are very unaware of is why are you not stepping up and making some changes that you sort of consciously know that you need to make, but you're paralyzed, right? So you, you, you get stuck in procrastination or you fall into unhealthy habits. And that's not just an emotional thing. That's a physical thing as well. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Right. So, and what a lot of people aren't aware of is if you're not aware of all of those programs that are playing out underneath the surface, you are ultimately going to get hijacked by emotions that are going to paralyze you, right? So if you have a story of self-judgment, of why didn't you get up early enough to go to the gym or to do your breathing exercises or to plan out your day, and then you... um, begin to feel frustrated with that and that creates this need for a quick dopamine hit and then you hit the phone and you go on social media and we all know now that you know social media creates a dopamine secretion and you're there and you start going into this bit of a rabbit hole it's been it's been researched that when we start to compare ourselves to other people we immediately start to feel worse, right? There's always going to be someone better, someone worse. We immediately start to feel worse. And and so in that very short period of time where you have activated a thought pattern of judgment and criticism, which has most likely activated negative self-talk that has driven you to go for a quick fix of a dopamine dump on social media or whatever it is or gaming or whatever, and then that is going to drive you to most likely make a poor decision like a poor food choice or something along those lines and as we've spoken previously however you start your day you're going to set the tone and that's going to have a ripple effect throughout your day you're not even aware that all of these chemicals are making it very very hard for you to make good choices when you are being ultimately hijacked by sensations in your body that are going to paralyze you and they're going to push you for a really quick fix instead of something that's going to be better for you, not only short term, but long term. So how do we break those habits? How do we break that cycle? First of all is a great question. First of all is being aware and understanding that if you are not naturally um, inclined to feel good in a particular situation, you need to prepare yourself. So I often talk about, you know, scaffolding yourself, making sure that if you are procrastinating and you have a gym buddy, you know, meet up at the gym so that you are accountable, right? If you are someone that is disorganized, get yourself organized the night before. Prepare the foods for your next day. Prepare your exercise gear. Prepare yourself for work. And then allow yourself 
to make the decisions that are harder after something that has made you feel good, like exercise or meditation, right? So a lot of the time people are kind of just kind of going with the flow and going with the flow doesn't work with everyone. You need to prepare yourself in order to prevent you you know, falling down a negative spiral where you are most likely to make poor decisions. So ultimately, for most people, structure is going to be important. Absolutely. But it's not just structure. It's having the understanding that there will be certain times and certain situations that are going to create a greater amount of stress for you. Mm -hmm. Or you are going to feel more vulnerable, right? And so it's about creating that protective sort of shield around you so that you are protecting yourself from that environment and preventing the potential what's the word that I want to use the potential oh craving no it's not craving it'll come to me um of you stepping into negative habits so if you're not naturally inclined, you absolutely have to prepare yourself and be organized prior to. So... <clears throat> Does that make sense? Yeah. So to, what I'm going to try and do is translate that into Scott and then probably have a chiropractic or f- more physical Amazing. angle of that. So what you're saying is you need to create some sort of solidarity in your foundation. Now, I'm a structure person. I like structure in my day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not necessarily the most organized person, but I like to be able to set my day out. So I thrive with an appointment book. I thrive with a calendar. But if I'm applying a physical element of this, if you do the groundwork, whether this could be in some training to get stronger or some training to get fitter or chiropractic care to get a solid foundational functional level of your body your body's ability to adapt to changes variables etc is going to be far higher Mm -hmm. it doesn't prevent you from experiencing pains injuries problems but what it gives you then is a better platform from which a strong possibility you're going to heal faster and you get back to that that better level more quickly as opposed to being a person who's on that very extreme yo-yo, extreme highs, extreme lows kind of cycle. Would that be a fair Scott translation? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that when you feel good, and this is something really important for people to, to connect to, when you feel good because you have followed through with something you have committed to doing that is for your wellness, let's just use exercise as an example. The benefit is not just feeling good, you're releasing cortisol when you're you know, exercising and you're increasing your endorphins and you have you know, uh, an energy boost and you might have you know, the added benefit of increasing muscle strength and stamina and flexibility in your balance and you might want to lose weight or whatever, right? It's not just that. The most important impact this has, you begin to reinforce your self-confidence. 
you begin to reinforce your self-belief. And so that begins to get stronger. When that is stronger, you are less likely to get distracted by external factors that are going to make you feel good because you're building yourself internally. Yeah. So internal validation versus external validation or wherever you source your happiness from internally or externally. No, that makes sense. And again, it, it comes back to is that can only be achieved when you've done the grunt work of build, building a foundation, whether that be on a physical level, on an emotional level, on a nutritional level, even on to your rest and recovery levels. You have to have the foundational pillars in place for a lot of what you're explaining to A, even be possible in a theoretical level, let alone a practical level. Yeah. And I think that's where you and I both spend a lot of time in practice is helping people not only realize the importance of that foundation, but actually starting to put steps in place to get there. And the fun part of our practice is when you see someone who's established that foundation, maybe doesn't fully appreciate and understand it, they have a crisis of some description. They suddenly experience the benefit of that foundation because they heal faster and they get back to that pre-injury status a lot quicker. And they suddenly sit there and goes, oh, well, that was different, wasn't it? As opposed to their previous patterns of, of health being so much more extreme. And I think that's the, the, the most important thing that you and I focus on is the value of that foundation. It doesn't sound pretty. It seems to be very, there's not a lot of glory and fireworks going yeah. off with that stuff. But that grunt work, which we all intellectually know is so vital, yet many of us, and I'm sure you and I are both guilty of this at times, we all want to run before we can crawl. Yeah. And it's... It's very humbling at times to go back, remember your basics, as you and I have spoken about, those basic tenets of what is required for health. Put those in place, trust that process, and you get to experience the benefits as you go along. Because unfortunately, as good as you and I may be at what we do, we can't prevent anything. No. All no. we can do is help your body physically, mentally, You can whatever. prepare yourself for the very best outcome. 100%. Right? You can. <clears throat> so not being able to prevent something doesn't mean you can't be proactive in 100%. your maintenance, being proactive in your maintenance. But this is also about, you know, kind of being in the present short term, right? So you are doing your very best today to have a better tomorrow, right? Shit might happen tomorrow. And it might be really difficult and challenging. But if you do your best today, your ability to be um, better equipped and more resilient and stronger to be able to deal with anything that comes your way is significantly going to improve than if you don't put an effort in. 100%. Right? Chiropractically, so. we use the term adaptation a lot in, in our sort of philosophical pillars. And Adaptation is governed by the nervous system. And unless you have that solid foundation of a clear working system, your adaptation is going to be compromised. Yep. Most people don't recognize any of that because they don't get any symptoms until their totally. adaptive processes 
which are essentially compensations, have essentially exhausted their yeah. their purpose. Then symptoms then begin. And then all of a sudden, you and I are way back over here at the beginning going, well, our foundation's all wacky-doodled, and you're over here going, you've got symptoms. There's a massive disconnect. Yeah. And I think what you said there, and it's, it's a word that I've certainly become far more... Um, I use far more commonly than I've ever used, and that is exactly the difference between being proactive and being reactive in whatever healthcare pillar we're talking about. And proactive is all about, as you said, preparing for a better tomorrow, is understanding is stuff happens, but if we're proactive, we're going to put ourselves in a best position Mm. by which we can adapt, hopefully recover, but then most importantly, grow from. Absolutely. And that also connects to your ability to adapt to the story you're telling yourself, to adapt to your belief systems, to adapt to a new routine and the encouragement that you are activating internally. So all of that is an adaptation process and you need to make it, remember, the brain loves familiarity. So you need to make healthy, empowering stories and habits familiar so that the brain will want to go towards that because you feel safer with familiarity, right? So if your familiarity is dysfunction and illness and disease, you are going to go towards that more naturally. So once again, you are programming yourself for success. You are challenging your mindset. You are challenging your narrative, you're challenging your behaviors. And you're looking with that beautiful sense of self-awareness, with that kindness, with that self-compassion, but with that absolute determination of it is my responsibility to support, organize, and structure the right things in my life for me to have the best chance at having a really great day today for an even better tomorrow. Well said. Can't argue with that whatsoever. And I think it's totally okay to be still working on your foundations no matter what stage in life you're at. Absolutely. This doesn't mean that, you know, once you've got through your 20s that your foundations should be all sorted. If you're not growing and adapting, your foundation should be constantly shifting. And I think is if we, we all get caught with shiny object syndrome, yeah. right? I'm as guilty of that as the next person. But if we remember is shiny objects are next to useless unless we've got that foundation, we're doing that work. And I think that's a daily practice, and I know as you talk about a lot, and those habits, they take time. So we are here to love and support you through the process. It is a little bit of a grind sometimes, but, hey, that's why we're here and that's why you're listening. So we hope that that has really given you some valuable and practical tips that you can begin to implement prepare yourself for the next day motivate yourself get an accountability buddy really assess the story that you're telling yourself so that you can really challenge yourself to start to dig deep ask for support you know we're here for support if you need us and look at finding ways that are going to set you up for an amazing day and be awesome (laughs) thanks so much for listening till next time the information provided in this podcast 
and the opinions expressed by Kali Alfara and all guests are simply generic. They do not take any personal cases into consideration. They should not be treated as any type of substitute for psychological, medical or health conditions. This podcast is not intended to replace, diagnose or treat any health condition. All information provided is simply for general well-being and does not take any individual cases into consideration. Kali Alfara takes no responsibility for any symptoms or consequences expressed as a direct or indirect result of this podcast. Thanks so much for listening.